A new dream every day, Huxley Pig. Who are you gonna be today, Huxley Pig? A suitcase full of clothes. Everybody knows when you're dressed in your Sunday best. Hello and welcome to SMPD, the podcast where we look back at the shows that shaped our childhood. I am Chris Bolton. With me, as always, my partner in podcasting, Mr. Mark Williams. Hello. And this episode, we are looking back at Huxley Pig. No more cats. We're done with cats for the time being. <laughs> We're moving on to There pigs. will be more cats. Yeah, There'll we'll, be more cats at some point, but yeah, the, pigs for now. I'm sure there'll be more cats in the very near future, but for now, we're moving on to pigs. We're done with cats. Well, well actually, it's quite a neat segue because we had um, Orson's Farm last week, didn't we? So we, you know, we introduced pigs that way. We did. Um, this is way better than Orson's Farm. <laughs> Not to bury the lead. <laughs> Um, we did actually have some feedback about Garfield as well, didn't we? Um, we did. Um, I've, I've forgotten where I put the bloody page now. It was along the lines of Garfield's a cunt. Fuck him. I'm not listening. Yeah, um, pretty good feedback. Um, agreed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And it's a, it's a shame. Um, it's uh, from um, James the Cat fanboy who also commented on our James the Cat episode. Um, and I think he fed back on our Bike Grove episode as well. And he, it was along the lines of, you know, he never liked Garfield. He didn't like the character of Garfield and the, the representation um, of, of of that character. And so he wouldn't he wouldn't be listening to our episode because he didn't really like the show to begin with. Um, and I think had he listened, and hopefully he will listen um, after this, but a lot of the comments, a lot of the things he raised, a lot of the points he raised uh, in his critique were very similar to what we said. Um, and he used the word cunt, so bonus points for that as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got it here. So, yeah, pretty much agree with everything you just said, Mark. But... Um... Yeah, so thanks for writing in again, James the Cat fanboy. Um, but yeah, we'll just we'll share his thoughts. I think you know we, when you guys write in, we we like to open a discussion up. So um, yeah, James the Cat fanboy said, personally think Garfield is the most overrated piece of shit to ever come out of America. I've personally never understood the appeal to a comic strip that wasn't even funny. Not to mention it was purposely made unfunny. Plus, at least with James the Cat, he can be a bit of a knob at times, but at least he means well and he's capable of being sympathetic with his friends, while Garfield, quite frankly, is just an abusive cunt. He may have his good moments, but he can still simply go fuck himself. Personally, won't be listening to this podcast, but I wish you both a good day and hope you're both, do both doing okay, the James the Cat fanboy. So, we agree with everything you said, <laughs> fanboy, yeah, yeah so... So, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe go back and listen and it'll surprise you, I think, because, um, yeah, pretty much agree with all of that. So at least we were on the right track. I was I was kind of worried we might have a bit of a backlash over the Garfield thing, but apparently not. Certainly not amongst our listeners anyway. So, you know, hey, we're a close-knit community, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like we're yeah, all, all friends all, here. <laughs> yeah, all four of us have the same idea. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, look, putting that behind us, let's move on uh, and look at Huxley Pig. Um, I was quite excited to do this one, Mark. I don't know about you. Um, I, I was and I wasn't. Um, I mean, I'm, obviously things are still a bit you know, shit up in the air at home, so of course. it's not. I, I don't really get to the point where I'm thinking, "All oh, right, okay, I've got a couple of hours to sit down and do shit at the moment." So this one, I, I remember the, sh I remember the show, and I remember the theme tune far more than I remember the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, partly because it's a fucking cracking theme tune. It's a cracking um, theme it's, tune. It's, an it's very room. catchy. Yeah, it's a very catchy. It's a proper room. And I went to school with a guy who I'm not going to give his full name, but his surname was Pugsley. And so for years he was abused with the song Pugsley Pig. Um, oh my god! Which... Like that's the double header between this and the Adams family. Like that poor guy. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! So um, yeah, so I I remember it. Be, um, I remember it because of that. That said, I didn't remember that much about the show. I, I could see I could see the Same. characters. I could remember. 
I could, I could, I know, I could see Huxley Pig. I could see the Seagull, although I couldn't remember his name at the time. Um, I could see Horace, and I could see the um, ah, fucking Val Vincent in the in the Vampire Game. Yeah. So, so I, I remembered. I had images. I had snippets, but I couldn't remember anything about the show. I couldn't remember what it was about, other than he 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 went off and had, had daydreams. That was kind of it. I couldn't remember anything specific about it. So coming back to it, I um, I'm not in work at the moment. So I think I sat down yesterday afternoon and put it on, thinking. Right, okay, I'll watch. I can get through a couple, and that'll give me enough of a, an idea of what I need to, what, what I'm talking about, what I need to be seeing. And I think I sat there for about an hour and a half. Yeah, I, I had a similar experience. Um, I remember very, very little about this show as well, um, which is kind of why I wanted to watch it. I do remember the theme tune. The theme tune is another one of those that'll be with me my entire life. It is, it is one that has actually invaded my life as well. You know, I, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, probably when we were doing um something like animaniacs or tiny tunes or something along those lines anyway but it's one of those theme tunes that's bled into my life so much it's actually entered my everyday vocabulary uh now i've i've misremembered the lyrics slightly over the years it comes uh, which has come to light but you know if somebody asks me what are you going to do today the answer is always the same thing i do every day try to take over the world absolutely but i wander around this house talking to my wife every day and i will say what you gonna do today huxley pig I will say it to my close friends as well. I will say it to the cats. Like, I can't say, what are you doing? I will say, what are you going to do today, Huxley Pig? Um, I don't know why that worked its way into my vocabulary over the years. It just did. And now it's a thing that I say. Um, No, I I don't have that, but I can't say anything goes. I say, anything goes. Yeah. I'm, and that's just again, as you say, it's just that thing that's it's become part of it's our just part of your vocabulary, it's, it's, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Now it turns out I've got it completely fucking wrong because the line isn't "What you're <laughs> going to do today, Huxley Pig," which I thought it was. The line <laughs> is "Who you're going to be today, Huxley Pig?" Yes, which is nowhere near as good. But anyway, in my head, I remember is it? I, I remember it as "What you're going to do, Huxley Pig," and I think I always will. Um, yeah. So I remembered that, and I remembered that actually, as a kid, I think I kind of liked this, but I mm. also was a little bit. I think I was just getting on the cusp of being too old for it, yeah, and I was very about, conscious. Eight or nine when this landed, yeah, I think I was. Yeah, I think I was like approaching ten quite rapidly. I was definitely like, I was in junior school for sure, um, and and I think I was just kind of feeling you know like this is a kid show however yeah. i do remember watching it so i think it was one of those things you know where especially when you're that age you know when i'm kind of nine or ten you you don't want to be seen to be a little kid do you see so like i don't want to watch no, the little kids shows so i couldn't remember that much about it other than the theme tune and i'm much like you yeah i don't remember so much of the characters but i did remember the suitcase full of clothes and stuff which turns out it's fuck all to do with the show really i don't know why it's even in the theme tune <laughs> yeah because they don't really take the lead from the suitcase at all they go off on all sorts of random fucking tangents i mean this show is incredibly inventive i'll give it that yes it is. is. you know know, your average show like this where you know you you know you think of something like mr ben or you know any of these kind of short 10 minute shows where it's just about and today huxley's gonna be a fireman and today huxley's gonna be an actor and today mr ben is going to space like they all use the same kind of tropes right there'll be one where they're they're a knight there'll be one where they're a pirate there'll be one it's all the same things no this motherfucker oh no 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 this goes there's one that's a pantomime and and they just this huxley pig is cinderella and he plays buttons in cinderella and he's on stage in a pantomime they don't explain why he's on stage he just is 
There's one where he's in a murder mystery, except it's not a murder mystery. It turns out to be a burglary. There's one where he's in a haunted house. There's one where he yeah. just goes to the beach. Like, the, yes. it's so inventive. Like, at, at it, the same time, these stories are very, very simple, but they're also very well executed. And actually, like, they're not particularly tropey, considering this is a kid's show. Like, they avoid yeah. all of the standard tropes. And well, I, that's, that's I was that... blown away by how inventive this was. I really was. I, I was. I was too. And I mean, I think uh, when I so put the first one on, it, it had a th- um, an air of raggy dolls to it, whereby you have this thing and then there's going to be an adventure that's not really an adventure, but it's done so much better. And I think the first the first couple are quite, um, as I say, he, he, goes, he joins the circus, he goes to the haunted house, he's on a desert island. There's one, as you said, where he's at the beach. There's one where they go camping. Yeah, it's a and they're about fuck all. Yeah. but it's just you know, these these little, you know, very short, very small adventures where you don't have to have these big set pieces. You don't have to have these big scary monsters or any of the rest of it. It's just look. Well, what would it be like if we went camping? And it's like you know, and it's it's the way the kids play. Sometimes kids will have these big grand adventures. And they'll you know they'll go yeah. off and they'll be fight, they'll be knights or they'll be fighting dragons. Or and sometimes they're at the beach and they're having a picnic. I mean, fuck! I remember yeah. when we took number one on holiday. Crush, she'd have been about three, and she had these little, um, these like Fisher Price Disney Princess dolls, and they were about an inch tall. Um, and they, no, they were the your, your core Disney Princess range. And she was giving them a fucking swimming lesson. So literally, she set up a shoe this end, a shoe that end. That was the length of the pool, mm-hmm. and then they were swimming back and forth, and that was it. Yeah. That was what she was playing. They were having a swimming because she just started having swimming lessons. Yeah, and so sometimes you do have that. You do have this sort of. It's not nonsensical. It's just the way that no, they they kind of the way they want to play it and the things that they're they're trying to normalize in the way they play and i think that this does a far better job than a lot of things because it doesn't go on these sort of flights of fantasy every week yeah it's it sometimes it does go on the flight of fantasy and sometimes it is as you say it, it's very humdrum it's very normal um I, I think what it is in all cases whether you know it is the haunted house episode or it's just huxley going to the beach what yeah. it is in all cases is very well structured and actually very very funny as well the gags are mm. fucking great and yes like they're not too sophisticated for children but they also don't pander to children they're not stupid yeah. it's not silly slapstick like we had in charlie chalk and all of that rubbish yeah and, and actually charlie chalk is a good one to compare it to obviously not just because they're both that kind of stop motion style but also in the way that as we said at the time, Charlie Chalk had entire episodes about nothing where nothing happened yeah. other than a load of fuckery where he just like tit around the island for a bit and just have a load of slapstick. And, you know, similarly, Huxley Pig can just laze on the beach. But mm. then they find they they write it like a good comedy sketch, basically. It's only 10 minutes long. Right. And of mm. that, the fantasy sequence is probably about eight and a half to nine minutes. So it's a long sketch at best. And they know that. You know, the beach yeah. one, for instance, yes, the, the core concept is Huxley goes to the beach. But then you get that whole thing about him constantly being badgered to, like, do you want to buy stuff. a deck chair? Do you want to buy a sandwich? You know, and then then the layers that go onto it, because he's like, well, I've brought my own sandwiches. And the response is, well, you can't eat those. You have to eat council sandwiches and you have to yeah. buy them from the council. <laughs> and it's just... <laughs> yeah there's something like i said it's not necessarily sophisticated humor like a kid gets that on a child's level of like oh he's got to buy his sandwiches back and they think that's funny for us as adults we can see the bureaucracy in that and actually we can see that there's a little bit of satire at play here and it's it's not always that smart you know it it will pivot on a on a pinhead some episodes yeah like you say the haunted house one 
you know, there's actually quite a bit of suspense in there. And then it gets really silly. You know, they actually yeah. work horror comedy really well, I think, at a child's level. Yes. You know, um, where they're building it up and then the monster comes out. But actually, you know, the monster's pretty friendly and he's just going to make them burgers. But they're slime burgers. And, you know, it's yeah, it's just funny. Um, it, it's charming as hell. This is the most charming show we've watched for a very long time. Yes. Like, yes, it is. I agree with that. It is. It absolutely is charming. So I was putting it on, much like yourself. I tend to watch these things on my lunch break when they're shorter shows. When we get like the 20, 30-minute shows, I'll sit down yeah. and watch them in a block. But when they're shorter ones, I know I can quickly snatch one in my lunch break. So I started watching this early doors last week, thinking, oh, I'll probably just watch one or two and then... I'll be done. I'll have an idea of Huxley Pig. You know, I'll do my research and then we'll yeah. be able to talk about it. But I've watched it every day. Um, I, I've nearly seen all of them because I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I Like, I've really genuinely enjoyed watching this um, in, in a way I haven't for quite a while. You know, like hmm. I, I said when we were doing it, I think Narnia was probably the last thing I watched everything of. But there were only six episodes of that. Yeah. And it was nostalgic and really good to watch. But and to be fair, you kind of had to watch all of that as well. Yeah, because, because, it, because, it's... because it was an arc. It was yes. Some, that's, it was a complete arc, so you had to go from beginning to end. And six episodes, it was you know, three hours and change, I think. So it was doable. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Whereas this, I'm just like, I'm, I want to watch another one. I want to watch another one. And so I've, I've pretty much worked my way through all of it. Um, I mean, there's not many episodes. There's only two no, there's seasons. Only 26. Yeah, it's yeah. 26 episodes. Um, and that's say 10 minutes of the clip. If you take off the credits as well, you're talking eight minute episodes. So your your, your fantasy sequences are so five and a half to six usually. I mean, you can't um, take so the yeah. credits off. But you, like, I I don't. I can, you take the end credits off. I can never. Oh, I don't know. I even like the end credits. See, because one of the most charming things about the theme tune isn't just the words. It's the piggy baseline. It's the oink, yes. oink, 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 oink. That's genius. <laughs> it is. It's brilliant. It's absolute fucking genius. Um, so you can't you can't leave that out either um but yeah it, it's thoroughly charming and i think it's it's on it feels like it's just coming at the tail end like it was coming at the tail head end of my very young childhood but i yeah. also feel like that's kind of syncing up with coming at the tail end of, of kind of this era of children's television in the uk really of this of this kind of innocent stop motion 10 minute yeah. lunchtime <laughs> show you know this is this was out you know at the end of the era of wind in the willows postman pat you know, Pannington yeah. Bear, all of those things. And then we sort of moved more into just like hardcore animation all day, every day, really, after this. We kind yeah. of, we lost these shows. Um, and there's this, this something genuinely sad about that for me because these stop motion shows, I think, are just wonderful. They're so evocative in a way that, like, I love animation. You know, that's, that's kind of the genesis behind this whole show. We, we wanted an excuse to watch more cartoons as fucking middle-aged yeah. men, right? Yeah. But stop motion, especially, I just think has just has an element of charm to it that that traditional cell animation doesn't, um, and 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 this is like one of the best I think I've seen. Now, I mean, we we have to give credit to the director here for that. You know, this this hasn't been done by some nobody. You know, this this has got pedigree behind it. Um, yes. You know, it was directed by Martin Pollan, um, who yeah. also did uh, Paddington Bear. You know, and I think he did Miffy as well. Um, I believe you're right with that. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> and he also, from digging into his IMDb page, um, did the Fat Slags one-off video special for Viz, awesome. which I remember watching a <laughs> hell of a lot as a yes. young teenager. Um, there was yeah. a whole slew of them. There was there was a Fat Slags. There was a Roger Melly, which was properly mm. animated. 
yeah. there was another one as well. I forget who the other one was. It might have been Buster Gonads they did as well, but they definitely I, did Fats Lags sure. and, and Roger Melly. And I remember watching those Viz cartoons quite a lot. So yes. so it comes from pedigree and, and it shows. Like, yeah. And I think as well, I mean, the one thing you, you were saying about obviously this being kind of the tail end of that era of the, this type of animation and, and this type of show being churned out. Um, I think that as well as that, because there was a bigger influence because we were starting to get you know, more and more people had Sky or cable or iffy versions thereof. So there was a bigger influence of like of American and international stuff, which was which was all cell animation. Yeah. So this th- there's a very British feel to a lot of this. Oh, there and, is. Yeah. You no, know, and you know, going back to all the Cosgo Hall stuff, even back as far as like Bagpuss and stuff like that, which I know well, we, we we did we covered Bagpuss. I'm not going to go into that again. Um, but I thought it, we were. Yeah, was, we're not doing cat related content, but you know, just for just for listeners who may not have listened to that. Um, Mark Maybe didn't like it. Give it a try. I did. <laughs> that's because yeah, um, that sounded that's like a very pointed shot, but... comment, and I just want to clear that up before people think no, we're no, no, dumping so... on Bagpuss because it's one of my no, favorite shows me. of all time. So yeah, no, that, that to be fair, I, I enjoyed it because it meant I slept. Um, but yeah, shots so, I mean... fired. Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, it's but going back to even through that and like Bill and Ben, all all, this, all that type of an, all that type of animation that we had in stop motion, all the way through to to the sort of the late eighties, early nineties. There is a a very definite Britishness to them. Yes, and that I think a lot of that is down to the ca- the characters they use. You know, they they you know, they're all very you know. They come across as very sort of British gentlemen. They're very well spoken. They're very well mannered. They're very placid most of the time, um, and so and yeah, that carries right through. And I think this is probably the last example I can think of of where this was done well is uh, is in in Huxley Pig. Yeah, I I think what part of that comes down to, particularly in in the voice acting anyway, as as you're relating to there with them being sort of British gents. I think that that again is a generational thing. You know, I think yeah. you are looking at the mid career really of the lovey here that's that's yes. where you are at, at the late 80s early 90s you know that the loveys are reaching the, the midpoint of their career and they're perhaps yeah. turning to animation you know um but again it, it's not just that kind of um rp pronunciation that you get with some of the characters it's also you know the more oh, this sounds a horrible thing to say and i i what didn't think we'd get kind of really contextual with this because i thought it was so innocent and charming but you know, when you get characters like um, like Sam the Seagull then, and when you get characters like, uh, what's the fucking hamster call? I've forgotten his name already. Horace. Horace, yeah. You know, all of a sudden, they've got really strong regional dialects. You know, and yes. so you work that in as well. And you, you brought Wind in the Wells, you know, same thing when you get into the weasels and stuff like that. You know, everybody's got yeah. a really strong regional dialect. And yeah. so I, I think that just plants it in, you know, quite firmly in the UK as well. Um, you know, you can it, it you does. can use that kind of RP or even now a transatlantic accent, and it doesn't have to be set in the UK. It could be from anywhere because people will adopt that now as a as a stage yeah. accent. But you know, when you drop in a very very heavy East London accent, like yes. you know full well where it's where it's come from. You know, so there's that about it, um, and, and there's also yeah. just something. There's just something twee about it. That's what makes it feel British. There's something very twee yeah. about this show, just as there is with Wind in the Willows, just as there is with Postman Pat and Paddington Bear and all those. There's just, it's almost an intangible quality, I think, but there is just something yeah. just unmistakably twee about them. It's very tea and crumpets and it's cozy. Yes. And, you know, and, and, and this is that. But I think of all of those shows, maybe aside from Wind in the Willows, this is the one that kind of 
it's just got an undercurrent. I'm not saying it's an adult show. The humor never gets, you know, particularly crass or anything yeah. like that. But there's there's a very sophisticated undercurrent to this humor. As I say, they always they always pitch it well enough. It always works for kids, and it's never offensive and it's never crass. Yeah. But the gags are genuinely funny. I mean, I I don't know. Did you watch the one where Huxley Pig becomes a director and he goes to shoot Lawrence of Arabia? No, I didn't see that one. So there's an episode where he imagines he's a director and he goes to make his own version of Lawrence of Arabia, right? And there's a running gag through there. And it, I mean, at the time, I can't believe it would have been timely, but you just know they were sticking a knife in somewhere because there's a running gag about him not paying people enough. And then there's also a running gag, you know, where he's just saying, right, no play, no pay, you know, and just flipping the whole strike on its head, you know, where it, <laughs> where the slogan became no pay, no play. Um, he, yeah. he, he's just there going, right, no play, no pay. And he's refusing to pay actors. He's treating them horrendously. He's making them do their own stunts. He's making them redo stunts because he's forgot to put film in the camera. And, <laughs> See, and no, that, that, I'm going to go back and watch that one now. It's very, very good, particularly, you know, as somebody who's been in those situations, as we are, it's very well observed. And and you get the feeling that actually, you know, this is observational comedy at this point. Like, yes, it's taken to a slapstick level. They were, oh, I haven't put film in the camera, so you're going to have to throw yourself off the cliff again. And, oh, I've left the lens cap on. And, you know, but that's rooted in something. And I think... Oh, of course it is. I think that's the key with all of these is they feel very much rooted. Like, yes, it's a talking pig and a talking seagull and a talking hamster. Yeah. But they feel rooted. They they feel like, like you said, Mike, they, they're stories that kids can easily imagine themselves. Kids get a dress-up box, you know, they pull out the right yeah. clothes and they go, right, today I'm going to be a spaceman. Or, you know, today I've got a fucking a, a straw hat, so I'm going to go to the beach. Whatever it's going to be, kids will yeah. just make that automatic association and that's what there is and, and i think there's a danger with that as we've seen in so many of these kind of skit shows if you like you know we can, this doesn't yeah. fall into that animated sitcom level like some of the more sophisticated cartoons do this very much falls into that kind of five to ten minute skit that that single gag you know similar to the shows like james the cat that we've mentioned already where there's no real story it's just here's the gag this week that plays to a younger audience but a yes. similar kind of thing like here's the gag this is what's going to happen this week and this is the same except they actually plot this quite densely around that like the, it's very easy to say the gag this week is huxley's going to the circus and he's afraid of the high wire like most yes. shows, that would be it. That would be one and done. That, that's it. You got five minutes on why he's afraid of the high wire, and then eventually he's going to go up the high wire and probably fall off. Yeah, but this no, doesn't do that. Was do the example that. I was going to come back to actually that when you when you say that that was the one I was going to use. I know it's the first episode, um, but that was the one I was going to come to because there's so much in there where he wants to be a clown. So mm. that's where it comes from. So you see him um, in his in the bedroom, and I think I want to say he strings like a belt or a cord between the two posts of the bed, doesn't he? So he yeah. can use it as a and he falls off, so that's why he's afraid of the high wire. And then he, go, he, he goes off into his little fantasy where he's a clown and you know, oh, he wants to join the circus and they, they happen to have an opening, so he joins. No, you don't have to go on the high wire. No, all your stuff is down on the ground. And he, he has the, you know, the, the push and pull and a bit, bit of fuckery with Horace. And then the, the ringmaster says, right, okay, for no, for our grand finale, he's up on the high wire. And it's again, it's, it's this strict thing because obviously it's been set up very well. It's been, it's been foreshadowed from the start. He doesn't want to go on the high wire because he fell off. So straight away, you know that's where he's going to end up. Mm. But they, they built that. But it, as I said, it's not just a thing of, oh, fuck, you know, it's, it's, it's the high wire. I'm going to be on the high wire. I've got to go on the high wire. It, it doesn't talk about it. It, it lets you have the, the rest of the fun before it ends, before it finishes off. And I think it works really well because it's an, 
there's enough in there to distract him. A lot of kid shows this time would have gone right. Okay, as you said, he doesn't he doesn't like heights. He's going on the high wire. Anything in the middle doesn't count. Yeah, because it's just going to be talking about it to extend, you know, to 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 bring out the drama, trying to make you know, trying to make it a bit more worrisome. In this, they're going well. Fuck it, just carry on, just fuck around, and do what you want to do anyway. And then, oh by the way, we'll finish it the way we're going to finish it. So at least you have some fun. It's not all about him worrying. It's not all about him panicking and reasons why it's going to go wrong. And I think that that's certainly something that's missing in a lot of kids shows today. Is that they they have that one topic and they build and build and build on it to a point where if anybody watching it, say you've got a kid of about four or five watching it who doesn't particularly like heights, by the time this episode finishes, if that's all they get is five minutes of why this person is worrying and all the things that can go wrong, they'd be fucking terrified by the end of it. Yeah, and you you don't get that here. It's so it it can it sort of it it sees the idea and it buries it very very well so that you can you have your rest of the episode to the point where you almost forget about it until you get right to the very end. And I think that that's a far more sophisticated way of doing it than you yeah. get now. Yeah, it definitely is. It, I mean, it's it is sophisticated storytelling. It's exactly what it is. It plants the seed and then it calls back to it. And you know, all of these little stories have a three act structure as well. I've actually gone yeah. back through and looked for it, and it's all yeah. there. Like you yeah. get you get the setup, you get what he wants to do. Then there'll be the fuckery in the middle, and then he'll either achieve it or he won't. And sometimes he doesn't, but that's yeah. okay too. You know, yeah. and then you then you get these wraparounds. You get like this this initial kind of oh, what are we going to do today? And then you get the dream sequence come in, and then he always finds something uh, in his room when he when he sort of wakes back up from his dream, and just yeah. to remind him what he is, just to just to end the episode. So they've given us this structure as well, which kind of allows them to do whatever they want because we know how it's going to start, yeah. we know how it's going to finish, so we're conditioned to accept that payoff. Even if we don't yeah. get the neatest wrap-up within the fantasy section, like yeah. the Cinderella one, for instance, has a terrible wrap-up where she's about to marry Prince Charming and then they go, oh, no, in this story, she marries Buttons. The end. And you're like, hey, what the fuck? What? How? Why? I mean, they do seed it earlier on, but it doesn't really make much sense. But then you don't really care because you're straight back into Huxley's room and he's laughing about it and he phones his granny because he's got come back with a pumpkin and he wants her to make a pumpkin pie. So it's like, yeah, okay, whatever, it works. I'll, I'll run with it. It's fine. Yeah. You know, so the writing is very, very sophisticated. Now, it is based on a series of books, I don't yes, know how is. closely it resembles the books. I have never read one. Um, I'm not sure. So, you know, I don't know what I'm saying is I don't know how much of this comes as a direct lift then, you know, or whether they've yeah, had but... to. I mean, certainly a lot of the gags won't be in the books. They've had to do the heavy lift in there. But whether narratively, yeah. at least, they've kind of yeah. got the template to follow, if you like. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm not sure on that one. I've I've not looked into it that much. Yeah, so maybe that'll help. And, and speaking of the gags, just one I want to mention. I've been trying. I've been racking my brains to try and think which episode it, it's in, but I've seen so many of them, and it's it's not related to the story, so I can't remember yeah. exactly which one it is. But there is a gag. Obviously, there's a running gag about actually liking food because he's a pig. But there is one point where he's going through all the things he wants to eat, and he's running through, and he's like, "Oh, blamange." I can't remember what the foods are, right? But he's like, "Oh, I'm so I'm using particularly British foods." blamange fish fingers trifle whatever he's yeah. going through all these things and then in the middle of it all he goes oh mm, and pork pies and then he catches yeah, that's, himself that's the very first episode is it the first episode yes because he's, he's talking about all the things he could be and he's, he's, he's saying oh well, maybe i'll be a chef and he starts reading off the food and then he, right it's before he it's before he decides to be a clown and yeah it's the very first episode where he says but pork pies oh no maybe not and then he just carries on. Well, there you go. Then that would make sense if it was the first episode. I couldn't remember which one it was, but I just remember that gag jumping out at me and me thinking, "Hold yeah. on, this is a bit special." So if yes. it was the first episode, then that makes sense. That's why I ended up watching so many more. But I mean, that's 
I mean, that's meta on a level that you don't see in very young children's television. You'd expect that on something like Nickelodeon or something like that. Yes. But you wouldn't. I think, the, I think the only other the only other place I can remember it being done quite so successfully until they explained the joke was on um, Lilo and Stitch when they're on about giving um, the fish a tuna sandwich. Um, and that's the only time I remember that joke almost coming off. And it would have been great if they hadn't explained it. Yeah, which they don't hear. He just he just yeah. says pork pies. He, he and he says, oh no, maybe not. Maybe maybe not. And then carry, yeah, and that that's all you need. Oh, yeah, it's totally it, all you need. Yeah. Because again, kids won't understand that. Even if, even if they know that a pork pie contains pork, which is pig, they won't get what he's saying. They won't get the the reason why that's wrong. Yeah, they won't make the association with Huxley pig. And if they do, they'll think it's funny because it's a pig. Um, yes. We, it, it's just, it just works on so many levels. Like, and that that's the quality of the writing here. It's fucking hilarious. Um, yeah. You know, there's. I think again, it's yeah, it is the movie episode where. Um, with Vincent's in it, and he's he's playing a role. I can't remember who he's playing, um, but he comes up and he goes, "Well, I don't like this role, sir. I usually play a vampire." And it's just like, "Well, of course he does, because he's a yeah. fucking vampire." And it's yeah. it's stupid. It's so silly, but yeah. it it's actually also quite sophisticated in, in a roundabout way, and they manage yeah. to pull it off so well. Um, it, yeah, it, it's just. This is yeah. far more intelligent than I had given it credit for in my memory, at least. Yes, definitely. Uh, I, I, I remembered very little about it. So coming, in, coming into it, I wasn't expecting a great deal. I was expecting another bag bus, to be honest. I was expecting something that I can see why it's popular, but it wasn't going to do a lot for me. With it, By the time I finished that first episode, I was like, right, fuck it. How, how long have I got? Yeah. Um, it's interesting. This is the second time you've mentioned bag bus now, and... Um, it's something I thought about a lot watching it as well, but probably for, well, I guess it's just because you didn't like Bagpuss as much as me, so maybe it's a, it has a negative connotation for you. But I thought of Bagpuss uh, in a very positive light when I was watching this, because the thing I think it most reminded me of in terms of its core ideologies then is Bagpuss, in that core thing of, here's a thing, now let's play with the thing and let's see where it takes us. And that's very Bagpuss. You know, that's very, today in Emily's shop, we found this thing. And so now here's a related story and here's some fuckery with the mice and Professor Yaffle. And then it's all relating around this thing that we found. Mm. And Huxley's kind of the same, except instead of the yeah, thing that, that you bring, it's, oh, here's what I've pulled out of my suitcase today. So we're going to yeah. do something I, I, about I see, this. I can see that. And I, and I, said, I think... You're right. I think there is um, a genuinely negative response when it comes to Bagpuss for me because it's not something I didn't enjoy it when I used to see it occasionally as a kid. I didn't enjoy it when we watched it 18 months, two years ago, whenever whenever it was. Um, so yes, I mean it's something that I didn't really. I I I, I don't tend to think of that fondly. Um, I can see the similarities in this, and I can see I can yeah I can certainly see the sort of the style and the structure of it. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about that that didn't land as opposed to this, which did. Um, I honestly couldn't tell you. I think this. Uh... I think even though they're very similar, the difference is that this is this is more sophisticated than Bagpuss in a lot of levels. It's funnier, mm. it's mm. it's better written, and it's got a more structured narrative. Whereas I think, for me anyway, like, do I prefer Bagpuss to this? Yes, absolutely. I prefer Bagpuss to most things, um, but that is because. Bagpuss gives me the warm and fuzzies because I loved it as a child. I love it now, and I think it just it works on a kind of magical level. Bagpuss. I think it's something you get or you don't. 
Um, you didn't, you know, um, you, you just didn't. <laughs> and yeah, I, and just, I yeah. did what it, for whatever reason I do, you know, and, and I, yes, it's, it's even more twee than this, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I think, I think Bagpuss is this to the nth degree. This is the, this is the more nineties version of Bagpuss, if you like the, the extreme yeah. snarky nineties version, even though it's not particularly snarky or extreme compared to Bagpuss, it is. And it's got, yeah. It is tipping into that energy, you know. You can see, you know, I, I'm surprised. I didn't think we were going to get into culture too much on this, but you can sort of feel the societal change happening in this show. You can feel the shift away from this is twee, innocent kids TV to we're going to yes. get a bit smarter here. We're going to get meta with gags about pork pies and, you know. Yeah. And we're going to realize that all of these people in Huxley's fantasies, all of these people are actors that we've cast in a role. Much like yeah. Mickey Mouse is an actor and Donald Duck is an actor and Pluto is an actor, like so is Vicious Vincent, so is Sam the Seagull. Like they're all, or Vile Vincent it is, isn't it? Vile Vincent, Vicious yeah. Vile Vincent. Yeah. They're all actors playing yeah. roles and and they recur as actors playing roles. It's just that yes. one week you might be a butler, another week you might be an actor, another week you might be a first mate, another week you might be just a seagull on a beach. But you're acting a role, as is yeah. Huxley. Every week he's acting a role. It's a bunch of kids play acting, essentially. Um, it is, yeah. You know, and, and, and I think this this is a shift towards that kind of almost self-awareness that we that we got then, particularly towards the end of the 90s. You know, we're talking 10 years removed from this again. Yeah. But I feel like we're starting to creep towards that and we're creeping away from this kind of fantastical world of just magic fuzzy kids tv that we had with bagpuss yeah i think you're right and and j just for the record as well everybody i've spoken to about that bagpuss episode we did everybody agrees with you and thinks i'm a cunt yeah i'm not surprised because bagpuss is wonderful um you know um, yeah I'm, I'm i'm very much in the minority and i, I appreciate that but, for um, more areas yeah. where mark is clearly wrong see our upcoming mary poppins episode on mario at some point i'm sure just to annoy yeah, mark I'll, yeah, so I'll you you won't hear a lot from me, but if I, if I do the video, you see my feet swinging back and forth in the fucking rafters. Don't get it. Doesn't like Bagpuss. Doesn't like Mary Poppins. He's not human, folks. He's really not. Uh, <laughs> not anyway. Human. Uh, yeah, off topic. Um, <laughs> I think um, maybe not. We were we were maybe technically not. talking about TV. Um, yeah, I think we kind of were. Um, but yeah, I, th I think you're right. I think that the, there's very much a shift in terms of what what is acceptable and what people are looking for by this point, and I think that. As you go through the '90s, and you and you even get stuff that's not self-referential, there's very much an air of sort of that meta humor, mm. even if they no, it's it's very much there. You 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 see seeds of it coming in from the sort of the stuff of the very late '80s, which this was. This was I think this was '88, '89. This started. It's, um, it's got to be. Then, it, it was, if not the '90s, I was definitely about nine or ten. I, I didn't actually. I, th I think I've, I want to say it's '89. Of all the yeah, things I could have checked in my research, I went straight for casting crew. I didn't fucking bother looking at the date. What a dick! Um, yeah, so it ran from the fifth of June, nineteen eighty-nine, to eleventh of December, nineteen ninety. There you go, then. Yeah, so between me being so, eight and nine, basically, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. so I was yeah. younger than so, I, I mean, thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I see what you mean, and so uh, no, I see. By the time you got to the end of the nineties, yes, that no, that was the thing, mm. um, that type of humor, that type of show, that type of comedy. So yeah, that was the thing. But there are very early nuggets. And you, there are a few things that we've looked at from this sort of period, and that are on our list, which we look at later on as well. Um, from about that sort of eighty-eight to about ninety-one, ninety-two, um, and no, things we've already covered when you run through the things like Animaniacs and uh, Tiny Toons and stuff like that. 
they all had that and it's all that, that sort of time and they're very definite shifts and by the time you get to your Nicktoons and stuff like that towards the uh, mid to late 90s it's very much a thing um so yeah i mean it's 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 a lot cleverer than i gave it credit for it's a lot cleverer than i remembered it being and i think that's not that's not to its detriment i think that that made it that much more watchable because we know i mean i i had the same thinking as you and the same thing i had with garfield two weeks ago is that i can watch one or two of these and know what the show's about i don't Mm -hmm. necessarily need to know the stories i'll know enough about the characters i'll know enough about the format the style to be able to talk about it and that's kind of where i went i mean I've, i've been so I was away for the weekend, loads of stuff going on at home, and I thought, right, if I if I can get an hour and I can watch two or three of these, I'll be I'll be good and I'll be enough to go through. And actually, there are twenty six of them. I'm thinking, right, I've got eighteen, twenty left to watch. I can spend a couple of hours on that. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to watch them all, um, and I might watch them more than once now over the course of the rest of my life. To be honest. Um, yeah. I don't think I'll misremember what Huxley Pig is again. Not well, not that I misremembered it this time. I just couldn't fucking remember anything couldn't about remember. it other than the theme tune yeah. and the fact that I kind of thought I was a bit too cool for school where Huxley Pig was concerned. Um, yeah. Which I guess you know when you look at that time period, if I was eight or nine when it aired, like this is the type of thing that would have ran for about fucking five years on CITV over and over and over and over. Yes. So. I guess maybe I would have got fed up with it towards the end. Um, is maybe quite what possibly, quite possibly. And I mean, I as I stop um, being that much younger. Um, I said that much younger. What was it? Hang on, you can't just that. leave us all hanging, Mark. What did you just break? <laughs> I dropped. I, dro- I dropped my empty bottle. Um, I missed the bin, um, which is annoying because it's about three inches away from my fucking hand. Um, I mean, that's that's yeah. not funny. You could <laughs> you could have at least come up with like you could do better than that. Like we well, had a big bang. I thought you'd broken something. Like, no no the, thing, the things i break tend to be expensive and then i swear fair enough um, um disappointing yeah, so, um, anyway carry on yeah anyway um yeah just cut that bit out because that's not going to be, be interesting to anybody else. oh fucking um, that involves editing <laughs> fuck right off no thank you i haven't even written the timestamp down so no chance uh yeah no um, yeah, so I mean, the, I think with the age, this sort of very slight age difference between us, um, I'd have gone into this where it would have been, I'd have been kind of. You'd have been perfect age, really, wouldn't you? I'd you would have been, yeah, I'd have been right like kind of age. Five or six, wouldn't you? Yeah, so I mean, I'd have, I'd, have been, I'd have been coming at this from a slightly different perspective. But yeah, by the time this finished, because yes, okay, there were new episodes, there were 26 episodes, there were new episodes in two years. But CITV would have run the bollocks off this. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and, pr- and probably did for all I, all I remember, because I. I I don't remember it being a fleeting thing. Um, you know, I don't remember it being sort of you know, a very short series that was there and then it, it disappeared. I, I, I'm fairly sure they. No, I'm sure it was around days. for a long time because, like I say, that theme tune just permeated my brain, and that that doesn't happen even with the catchiest theme tune. That doesn't happen unless you hear it over and over yeah. and over and over again. So, yeah, and I mean the the way I'm the, the the kind of logic I'm applying to it, which may be slightly flawed, I don't know, but. I mean, when I met um, uh, Pugsley at school, it would have been 1994, 1995. So for people to, to equate the theme song and be able to translate it to his name, I know it's not particularly clever, but if it, for it to be in anybody's mind, it still must have been around at that point. Oh, it easily so would have been, yeah. So, so, we are, so we're, talk, we're talking four or five years after it, uh, after it aired first. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this was still airing in the late 90s somewhere, to be honest, be that on like Boomerang or CITV or some sort of shit. Yeah, um, there's not a lot of information about it to be honest. Um, in terms of where it went after. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised. Um, there's very little writing about Huxley Pig actually. Uh, yeah. which which surprises me because I I do remember it being popular, even if I was trying to be a bit hipster about it. Like I I definitely remember it being popular back in the day. 
Um, well, there were computer games as well. It was released on the Commodore 64, yeah, the Amstrad, see, on the Spectrum. I can't remember this game, and that's very unusual for me because I fucking guarantee you I would have had it. Um, well, same with same with us because we had a, we had a Spectrum, and my uncle. Um, I'll clarify this. My uncle, the serving police officer, used to copy um, tapes off oh, other people. Pff, everybody used to do that with Spectrum. That was why um, you had a Spectrum. Like, yeah, but it, it just it just makes me laugh in, in later life because you no, know, my, my my uncle, the police officer, was also a uh, also a software pirate. Yeah, but we didn't know what piracy was back then, did we? Like, it was it was a it was a victimless crime. It's I'm, crime. I'm not I'm not trying to justify it. Like, look, look <laughs> listeners, any regular listener to this show will know that i find piracy absolutely abhorrent yeah and we will pay for anything that we talk about on this show if it's available if it's not then we have to look at things like youtube but if it's available and we can pay cash money for something we will because people make these things and they deserve to be paid however fucking hell myself included like back in the fucking late 90s early 2000s like i pirated every fucking cd and every computer game i could get my hands on because we didn't really realize what we were doing back then. It was just a thing that you did. Same as taping songs off the radio. Like, technically, that's piracy, isn't it? Taping films. Yeah. How many fucking VHSs taped off the TV did you have as a kid? Like, that's what most films I had were. Like, yeah. they even had fucking adverts and shit still in them, and you'd have to forward through it. Like, one of the best fucking inventions ever was Ad Skip when that came in on VHSs, where you could just press fast forward and it would automatically go forward like four and a half minutes or whatever it was. Didn't always work, but, you know, it was pretty good. So, yeah, I think it's in the clear pirate in Spectrum games. Like, literally everybody did that. It blew my fucking mind as a kid as well, because, like, this is, we're talking the mid 80s here. So, it wasn't like, unless you had a super expensive hi-fi system, you didn't have two tape decks side no. to side. You had two players and an auxiliary lead, and you had to connect them together, and it looked like yep. something out of a fucking science fiction film. And actually, the tapes themselves <laughs> weren't much cheaper than just going into WH Smith and paying like two ninety nine for a fucking budget Spectrum game. Yeah, exactly. Not the point. Off topic. This isn't about <laughs> computer games, but you've just sent me on a nice little memory lane trip about pirating software there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. if anything, the irony of that isn't that your uncle, the police officer, pirated a game. It's that your uncle, the police officer, pirated a game about a pig. That's where the irony is. To, to be fair, I think your, your comment that you, you basically download every CD and copy... That was what it was because my cousin had a spectrum as well. And we used to we used to swap games and stuff, but it, it, he would literally if he goes it got hold of anything he would just make a copy for for my cousin a copy for us and that would be it mm. and we would just don't and that and then when friend friends wanted to borrow games and we'd swap them all around and that's kind of how it worked. Um, but yeah, it was it was, it was its own little cottage industry, wasn't it? It was uh, yeah, that's, an easy. That's time. how you did things back then. Uh, but I, but I don't remember this Huxley Pig game at all and. I'm actually quite disappointed in myself because every other show we've done that had a Spectrum game, I can vividly remember the game. Like, for this reason, I had so many Spectrum games for the exact reason we just talked about. Like, you just got... My cousin would get a game, I would get a copy. I would get a game, he would get a copy. This is how it worked, right? Yes. So the fact that I can't remember this game either says something about my attitude towards Huxley Pig or it says something about the quality of the game. I'm not sure which, but I kind of feel like mm. I want to track it down and find out now. Um, yeah, I'm interested to do that. I bet it was a fucking platform game. Oh, it must have been. Because um, everything it, it was a fucking platform ab- game. It doesn't say anything about it um, on the uh, on the wiki page other than there was a, there was a game released for C64 and Strad and uh, Spectrum. 
Um, says nothing about it. So yeah, I I would imagine everything else was a fucking platformer. So I'd imagine so. It was either a platformer um, or it would have been like a single screen kind of puzzle adventure type thing, in along the lines of Dizzy or something like that. Yeah, um, uh, maybe. If we track it down, we'll do a, we'll do a, a, a follow up. I'm gonna fucking track it down. Like you you bet your bottom dollar, I'm gonna find like at least find a let's play or something. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna find this fucking game. Or listeners, if you've played the Huxley Pig game. Like, let us know. Yeah, let us know. What, yeah, what was it like? Inquiring minds need to know. Um, I mean, in terms of other merch, I can I I can remember Huxley Pig stationery. I can remember some of the kids in school having Huxley Pig stationery. Um, there would have been T-shirts and shit, of course. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, and, I mean, and I, books. I, I, I it came from books. So yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I don't remember a great deal of merch to be honest. Um, and yes, it came from books. So. It, it would be difficult to know if any books produced with the artwork, for example, from uh, from the show, as opposed to any original artwork from the picture books. It's hard to know whether which which would have come first, because they may well have reissued them with different drawings for for the canon for the style that people recognise. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends how closely the show followed the books as well. But yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I just figured picture books, but of course you could use stills from the show as your pictures, couldn't you? Um, yeah. I hadn't thought of that. I mean, I'm sure there would have been Huxley Pig annuals, probably Huxley Pig. Everything probably. had a fucking annual, didn't they? Yeah. Everything had an annual. There would have been Huxley Pig coloring books. All there was definitely merch, is what we're getting at. So it, it, yeah, it must have been. It, it had an impact. Um, for me personally, like of, of this, of this ilk, of these. It's, well, it's not quite the preschool show, is it? I was going to call it a preschool show, but it's not. No, it's not. It's it's a bit too sophisticated it's, for that. Yeah, but it feels like it should be a preschool show is the thing. Because yeah. I was just about to say, of these preschool shows, like yeah. it's in the top tier for me. Like it's right up there with Bagpuss. But I don't know if it is a preschool show. I th- no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it is because I think that I think we think it is think episode, because it's stop motion. But it is. But I think the episodes are too long, and the the fancy sequences in them are too complicated. Yeah, to be a preschool show, I think. Yeah, no, I it it, it be almost that, belongs but... in that just general kids TV bracket with Wind in the Willows and stuff, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I I kind of want to place it if you if you were to take some um, periods, you'd have so your preschool stuff would be up to about three, four, hmm. and then you'd have your kids TV. Which would run from four to about eleven, and it would sort of yeah. become more and more complex. But generally, you, you, so your levels of humor, your, your length, no, your, your duration of episodes, they would be kind of similar. And then you go into stuff which was more tween and and then, and then beyond. Not tween's what a thing then, but um, you have your so your preteen and, you, and then your teenage stuff, and then you go into like you know, what, know, normal stuff. Um, so yeah, so I think I would probably put it in that sort of general kids TV bracket rather than being a uh, fuck. This thing's annoying me. Um, for anyone uh, not watching a video, I've knocked my microphone about ten. I was going to say context. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I keep knocking the uh, the, the protector from my microphone because um, I don't normally use it. Um, but yeah, so I, I kind of put it in that bracket of um, so that's a four to eleven um, show, whereby it's it's more it's more advanced than a preschool show, but it's not it's not too no it's it's not too far beyond it. It's not going to be sort of it's not going to have any sort of you know, seven, uh, seven or eight or scratching your head. What the fuck do you mean by that? Yeah, and and I think even so, like I was about to say, it was you know in, in top tier of the preschool shows, but even even so, when you place it in that four to eleven bracket, I think it's it's so well executed like for for what it is like it doesn't pretend to be anything it's not you know it's yeah. it's a sketch show using a stop motion pig but it's so mm. funny the animation is so good the music is good the voice acting is incredible like yeah. everything about it just works it's got a real level of quality about it um yeah which makes me wonder why it only i mean 
say it only had two seasons this was pretty much par for the course back in these days these animated shows yeah. like they had two seasons 20-ish episodes tops most of them um yeah. so you know this this had its standard run it's made me very interested and it, and it's on our list and it's one that i really want to do but it's made me very interested to go back and watch uh moss chops now which is by the same director yeah. as well and was yeah. a show that i remember very very fondly from my very young childhood uh moss chops was a firm favorite of mine um so i i even had moss chops bed sheets uh so <laughs> so it was a firm favorite of mine um and in realizing that huxley pig was the same director like it's it's reignited it's been on the list since day one we've just never got around yeah. to it so it's reignited my desire to definitely go back and watch moss chops because yeah. if it's half as sophisticated as this i think i'm going to have a real good time with that because you know it would be this but with dinosaurs if that's the case and anything yeah. with added dinosaurs is always better right it's always going to win I mean, I didn't realize it was the same. Um, it was the same director. I've got to be honest. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I I don't remember much about Marshall. I rem I remember it being a thing, but I, again, I think it was one of those that it will have gone kind of over my head just because just because the age I was. You would was have on. been super young because I was very young, so you would have been like yeah. possibly not even comprehending what TV was when Moss Chops was on. Um, not to say you couldn't have caught it in reruns, of course, but. Yeah, you, you I, think I, I think that would have been the case. I'd have caught it in reruns, but I don't remember a huge amount about, amount about it. So that would be an interesting one to pick, to pick up. Yeah, so so that's one of the takeaways for me from this is that like mm -hmm. I I want more of this now. You know, like I I want to I want to watch Moss Chops. It makes me want to watch Paddington Bay as well, like the proper Paddington Bay, not the films. Um, not that there's anything wrong with them actually i've not seen the second one but the first one's actually very good they're not but, bad they're yeah. not bad either it's both pretty good yeah but i want to watch like the actual paddington bay you know it, it's it's reignited this this little spark now for this kind of 80s stop motion stuff which was just everywhere in the 80s like this was british tv kids tv was full of these charming stop motion shows and this is just really, yeah, it's just reminded me of how good they were. You know, this this hasn't been half-assed. And, you know, it's not cheap. I don't want to say it looks cheap, but it's very savvy as well in that it's a stop-motion show. And, you know, there's two ways you could have gone with it, right? Especially when it's British TV, you kind of think like, oh, they're going to half-ass it. It's going to look fucking terrible, right? See Charlie Chalk, for instance. Um, or you go this way where you go well yeah we haven't got a lot but we'll make everything look as best we can and there's an easy way to do that and it's very inventive but the easy way to do that is just go we're going to use the same characters every week and cast them in different roles like that's fucking smart that's using yeah. your budget yeah you don't you don't have to make a new model for cinderella because yeah. you can just use the fucking one of the three girl pigs that you use in every other episode it's just that she's going to be cinderella this week you don't yeah. need to make a new model for your ticket tout on the beach because you can use the fucking hamster that you used for a clown I, the week earlier yeah i was, I was going to say that again that would be the, the easy one the temptation would be right okay on the on the beach you've got your ticket tout your deck chair tout your sandwich so obviously you, there's four characters there straight away and you know, they, they, they were trying to sell him something yeah so you have four you have four different uh four different puppets effectively so I no fuck it, we'll just use the same one. And it actually by using the same one, a it's funnier, much funnier, and, 
and B, you get to you know you get to show not only are you getting pissed off because you're constantly being approached by people trying to sell him stuff. It's the same fucking person, and you even make a joke that weren't you just selling sandwiches? Weren't you just selling deck chairs? Yeah. And again, it just it just makes it that much funnier. Again, it does. It it's it's again that level of sophistication. Like it's it's inventive, it's sophisticated, and it's funny because of it. And then they even put the extra layers on that again. You know, I've already mentioned it with that gag, but he's not just some ticket tout. He's a council representative. He's doing all of this because yes. he's just doing in a buck. It's his job. And someone's yeah. telling him, like, you know, somebody's going, right, you've got to sell 20 deck chairs today. You've got to sell yeah. 30 ice creams. Like, there are quotas to meet, you know? Like, yeah. you, you need to do this. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just fucking great. I've had such a good time watching this show. Yeah. Such a yeah, good time. I, I came into expecting to be, right, you know, watch a couple, just get out of the way, and that'll be it. And actually, I've come away going, right, okay, when have we got another hour, I can sneak another two or three episodes in. Yeah, me too. I, I've been looking forward to watching it every time, um, to the point where it's, it's making me a bit sad that we're going to wrap this episode soon, and then we have to start watching the next thing, which... Still going to watch the rest of Huxley Pig, but the next thing is going to cut into my Huxley Pig time. And yeah. it's not going to be as good, is it? I can't even remember what we're doing next at the moment. No, I can't. I, <laughs> I, just, I was just going to ask if you knew what I it was. Think, I think it might be Wizbit um, off that the top sounds, of my head. Um, yeah, that sounds familiar. It's just going to be not as good as Huxley Pig. <laughs> like, as simple yeah, as think, that. You know? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's about right. That's a fair assessment. And. Yeah, I mean, I, as I, I've got about 20 episodes left to watch, so you're, probably, you're talking three hours and change and to actually get through them. Yes, it is Wizbit for this show, yeah. Okay. Um, we've got Who Wins next week, but um, yeah, it's Wizbit for this. So yeah, I think that, I, I mean, I've got like three hours worth of content left to watch and I'm not going to, as much as I have enjoyed it, I'm not going to sit down for three hours and watch fucking Huxley Pig. If I had three hours, me. I would, but I don't have three don't, hours I, to watch Huxley I Pig. I don't know if I've got the patience at the moment is the problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, to watch three hours of Huxley Pig over the course of, of the next couple of days, I could probably do that. To sit down in one sitting and do it, do you know what? That may be a stretch. I kind of want to do that now. I haven't got three hours, but genuinely, I think you crack a few beers, throw this on the telly. That sounds like a pretty good time to me. Like I'm kind of up for that. <laughs> like just a Huxley Pig marathon, start to finish. Bacon sandwiches, a couple of pints, pork scratchings. Yeah, pork pies. Yeah, pork pies. Away you go. Like <laughs> That sounds like a fucking great Saturday afternoon to me. Um, because it's that I mean, the, the kind other of option show is to make that... a drinking game. What's that? So the other option is to make a drinking game out of it. So every time there's a meta joke, you you uh, you have to drink. Yeah. You pissed, you pissed by the end of the hour. Every time the monster shows up, down you drink. Like, he's not in every episode. When he is, he yeah. steals the show, but he's not in every episode. Every time the monster shows up, down you drink. Like oh my god! Like what a, what a Saturday afternoon that is, and and I genuinely mean that. It's it's that type of show that yeah. you can kick back, throw it on, and just just enjoy it. Like it's just a good time. Um, kind of yeah. kind of want to do that. I kind of want to. I kind of want a Huxley Pigathon. Like yeah, that may be in my future. Um, I certainly not got three hours any time this side of Easter, but yeah. <laughs> maybe I will that's, that's return to this and. Uh, and do it um but but in the meantime i'm definitely watching the others in in small snippets you know yeah yeah and i, I think that's that's gonna be the thing for me is, is trying to find just find a, a spot where i can pick up a couple here and there just to just to advance through as much as i can yeah um and then you know we'll have to dip into Wizbit in the meantime which i'm very much looking forward to because i remember loving Wizbit, and i bet it's fucking terrible i'm willing to i am willing to place bets right now that it's I'm, absolutely I'm gonna... 
fucking terrible. I'm going to keep my powder dry on that one because, um, yeah, I, I, I have vague memories of it, but it, it, I don't know whether I've repressed them or whether I didn't see enough of it. I can't remember. Well, we'll see next episode. Um, in the meantime, I think that kind of does us for Huxley Pig. Um, yeah. Sometimes the, these shows can be quite difficult when they're so good because, like, as you may have gathered if you're a regular listener, we like nothing more than a good fucking whinge. Um, and it's quite difficult <laughs> when a show's really good. It's refreshing and it's nice. You know, it's nice to be able to sit here and not really have a single bad thing to say about a show. Um, yeah. It just doesn't make for quite such an entertaining show as when we're fucking ragging on something for an hour and a half. Um, I'm, I'm racking my brains now. I'm trying to think of something bad to say about it, and I haven't got anything. Like I've said several no. times, I, like actually we did pull some cultural value out of it, but I kept looking for the kind of like the, the stuck in the 80s, like politically incorrect messaging that we get in all of these shows yeah. and you know we're able it's to go there. oh it was of its time there's none of it like it's very sensitive it doesn't offend anybody it's probably the least offensive show that we've ever looked at on this podcast because yeah. most things are offensive on some level from this era yeah. um yeah and I, that is quite ironic given the number of times we used a cunt in this episode I mean, we, we say cunt on the daily, so I'm not worried about that. I mean, we, the cunt counter went out the window when Game of Moans ended. But, you know, we don't do it anymore. But, yeah, we say it a lot. I don't care. If you're offended by language, then just fuck off. You won't off. be listening to us. Yeah, no, exactly. I, no, I, you, would, you would have stuck with us for 114 episodes. No, I, I'm talking about, you know, we, we generally talk about... You know, some of the racial profiling that happens in these shows, yes. some of, you know, some of the poor gender politics that we see, you know, all of that. There's none of it. It's not concerned with any of that. Everybody's no, just having a fucking great time in this show and it's really yeah. easy to watch. Yeah. Um, no, the only complaint I had was nothing to do with the show itself. It was about the transfer um, because the versions I was watching online were not great quality wise. Um, but again, that's nothing to do with the show. That's just the way it's been taken and digitized and, and, put, and uploaded to the internet. Yeah, could do with a damn good scrub, definitely. Um, I'd, yeah. I'd pay good cash money for this if somebody were to actually scrub yeah. it up nicely and release it on nice high-def transfer. Um, yeah. I mean, the, I'd pay um, real good cash there were, money. There were Region 2 DVDs released um, in... Doesn't give me a date, fuck. Um, yeah, so there were two DVD collections released, but they had like five episodes each on them. So you've got, you, they've never released a full lot on, um, on DVD. There are three VHSs, which possibly cover the whole run i don't think they do actually no they wouldn't would yes the vhs would probably be what six episodes yeah so they've got six episodes on yes you're talking an hour of tape aren't you yeah so you, you need quite a few to cover that um yeah, i so guess there, it comes three, down so you're probably you're probably talking about two-thirds of the run there aren't you? 18 episodes yeah i mean i guess it comes down to rights holders um you know so many of these old itv shows um certainly in the early and mid-2000s ended up over on the cult kids label um yeah this didn't seem to surface with those um, if it had surfaced with those, I probably would have bought it earlier because I've got most of those. Um, but there was yeah, there um, was there was some decent care shown to the, well at least for the time shown to those transfers. When you watch them back now, they are quite grainy. Um, they're very yeah. noisy. There's lots of artifacts on them. But you know these were you know the early and mid days of DVD. This is what things looked like back then. I mean now you know scrub it up high def transfer. Yeah, I'll. I'll I'll run you 30-odd quid for a Huxley Pig box set. No problem. Absolutely. What are you looking at? Probably, you're probably only looking two discs. You're looking one per season. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll chuck 30 notes on that easily. Possibly more if you give me some sweet merch as well and a bacon sandwich. 
Um, but yeah, I'm be cold by the time they deliver it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I'd be up for paying real good cash money for this if somebody out there has got the rights. Like mm. it's time, yeah, if, it's time it, for for Huxley Pig to be remastered. And I want this. Yeah. I don't want a reboot because they'll fuck it up. They'll CGI yeah. it and it will lose all of its charm. Yeah. Um, so I, I was going to I was going to say if, if they're going to do it, they need to clean up what's there, not try and remake it, because remaking it invariably leads to it being fucked up. We've seen that with so many things. I'm surprised that hasn't happened, actually, given the whole Peppa Pig thing. Like, they're all pigs at the end of the day. You know, I know the shows are fundamentally different, but I'm surprised yeah. that nobody's at least tried to cash in there and move from Peppa to Huxley Pig. Yeah. No, if there, if there was ever a, a, an animated pig that deserved to be in a fucking sandwich, it's that bitch. Still never seen an episode of Peppa Pig. Still never want to see an episode of Peppa Pig. <laughs> I never want to see an episode of Peppa Pig either. I can quite happily live the rest of my life having never watched Peppa Pig. Yeah, well, time, t- time will tell. There's only... Yeah, time will tell. There's only one children's television pig for me, and that's Huxley. Like, not Orson, it's not Peppa, it's Huxley. He's, he's my pick yeah. of choice from here on out. I'm pinning yeah. my flag to the mast on this one. Like, actually pig all the way. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I don't think I've really got anything I can add to that. Uh, to be honest, I think that's... Uh, it's pretty conclusive. I've, I've just, I've just yeah. deemed him the best animated pig. Like, I, as soon as we stop recording, I'm going to hang this call up and go, oh, you fucking idiot, because this pig is the best anime. But right now... <laughs> As of recording, can't think of any better animated pigs than Huxley, and that's the highest credit I can give him. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll agree with that. But until I until I do the same thing about four o'clock in the morning, are oh, you bellend? Yeah. What about X? So yeah, um, but yeah, I don't really think I can add anything. So I think this was a a, a very pleasant surprise uh, for me. Yeah. Um, as always, let us know what you think because we may be wrong, we may be completely on the wrong page, and we don't think we are, but you never know. Um, get in touch let us know on twitter at smpdpod you can go to our website ddpodcast.net uh, where you can also uh, pick up our previous episodes and our other shows as well uh, on facebook and youtube with the Everyone podcast network wherever you get your, your podcast from subscribe leave a message we get back to you as best we can until next time see you later